Hey y'all, welcome back to the Rabbit Hole Show, episode 91. So we're getting close to that uh, 100 episode mark. Uh, still don't know what we're going to do or I don't know, haven't thought about that. People said we need to do something special for the 100th episode, which I mean, 100 episodes is a big deal, um, but haven't thought anything about that. Um, have a special guest here today live in the studio. Um, they have traveled a long ways. Um, somebody that everybody who has listened to the show for a while knows, but KC Rippy is in the studio tonight. Hello. Um, and, um, as of Friday, so yeah. a week ago, almost six days, um, he has moved back to Charlotte, um, mm-hmm. staying here in the house with me. Um, so for the, we'll talk a little bit, um, about, uh, where he's been and, um, just kind of a life update, uh, cause I did a life update, I think episode 87 about what was going on with me, but we'll kind of do a, an update with Casey and, um, you know, myself and just, um, talk about some stuff maybe in the news that I saw yesterday. Um, so, but Casey's been back for six days. He made the drive, um, got here Friday evening and, um, we went to our favorite, uh, spot to get our wings, moose heads, mm-hmm. uh, which we used to do, I'd say at least twice a month, maybe. Um, at least monthly. At least monthly. And he got his hoisin poison wings. So if anyone's been to Moosehead, they know hoisin poison is the hottest wing. You don't have to sign a um, waiver, but they do remind you how hot they are about five times. Um, and they it's don't. It's a little f- bit annoying. And like it makes me, it motivated me more to eat them. And they don't phase you. But it's been, what, eight months, six? I don't know how long since you've, but mm. I mean, you were over there. The tolerance, yeah, didn't go away. Yeah, I mean, I saw your eyes were red a little bit, but I mean, the, from the first time you ate them to now, it's different. The first time you were like watering, now it's just like, oh, yeah, that's hot. But yeah. I've had them once, and it's uh, ridiculously hot, and mm-hmm. I like hot things. Um, but yeah, so um, that is uh, some news for our longtime followers, recent followers. Um, but yeah, Casey is back in the QC. He's been in Arizona, Ohio for a little bit, and um, is back here in Charlotte. So it's awesome to have him back. Um, and for those of you who don't know, uh, Casey and I met 2016 at Dilworth Center, um, which is an outpatient rehab facility. I think I was there nine weeks, maybe seven. Mm. Or nine weeks, can't remember exactly. And KC completed the program, but that's where we met, 2016. Um, kept in touch, and we hung out a few times. I think you were still in the program. I was obviously not. Um, and then I guess lost touch a little bit, and then reconnected. What was that? July, June, July of um, 21. Yeah I, think, yeah, I think it was into July 2021. Because that was when I was getting back from Honey Lake and you were going through um, uh, your separation and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you moved into the um, room that you're back in. Um, (laughs) And then we got the house over in East Charlotte. um, And then you left for Arizona. And was that June, July of 23? Yeah, it was the end of of June last year. Um, Yeah. yeah, I mean, love that house, but it was kind of dilapidated. Hmm. We didn't get our security deposit back. And we didn't damage it, so. But that was kind of a shady realtor uh, um, Yeah, I think, I think they, they put the security deposit on us, and they just used that to fix up. We need to check and see if they sold it or what they did with it. There's, we'll do a drive-by. There, there's other renters there now. Um, oh, you from know. What, well, a previous guest, um, McCall Moore, because oh, yeah. she lived in that area and said that there, she believes there's renters there. There's people living there. Okay. Um, so I would assume with the turnover, it'd be renters because I think if someone bought it, they would tear that house down and build up. Yeah, especially with everything going on in that area. Correct. Um, so, um, yeah, because that was a pretty rough area. 
which I like. But now there's a Chick-fil-A going up, and they're kind of... Uh, they painted that strip mall. Yeah, it's there's a lot of now. murders that happened over there. Um, <laughs> they're trying to paint over the murders. Yeah, and make it, uh, I guess, just more family-friendly in a safer area, which, mm-hmm. I mean, it needs to be, so... And they probably had to sell that to get the Chick-fil-A there. Yeah. A brand new Chick-fil-A. Yeah, so brand they're investing, new. They're investing heavily. Yeah, so... Um, but yeah, episode 91... Uh, we started the podcast October 12th, I think, or around that time of 21. Mm-hmm. Um, and Casey and, and I had uh, reconnected, kind of were going through some stuff and able to help each other out. I had no idea what a podcast was. Casey being the kind of IT software guru that he is, he said, uh, you could do a podcast and share your story so I did, and then it turned into having guests on, and you were the second guest that shared a lot of your story. Um, yeah, yeah, I went through a big a, a big chunk of it. Correct. On that, yeah, it was probably second. I think it was, mean, e- it was episode eleven. I think Griffin was episode ten. Yeah. Um, and um, should probably get him back on because he's done a lot since then. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I think he mentioned he wanted to shoot hockey and some other sports, and he's done it all now. So, um, but yeah, episode 91, um, getting close to 100. Didn't think it would ever get this, not big, but just it would continue this long. I didn't know, I didn't have any expectations, which maybe is good Mm because I didn't, I mean, I did for a little bit, and that's kind of where I got into that depression in 2022 the summer of 2022 um and i mean you we've talked about a little bit but we were both kind of going through some stuff that summer Mm -hmm. um but i was staying at my parents a lot um on the weekends you know i was searching for the job um but it was tough um but i had a lot of expectations on this podcast and I didn't need to have those expectations. You know, I wasn't, we're still not getting paid. If we do one day, cool. If not, as long as we're helping people, um, you know, that's what matters to me because we all have a story and struggles and no one's alone. Um, but you feel like you're alone when you're going through whatever battle or dark time you're going through. Um, Mm -hmm. so just breaking that stigma, um, is the purpose of this podcast. Um, and real quick before I forget, New Canaan Society. Um, so if anyone listens to this before 7 a.m. on um, the 15th, which is, to, no, the 22nd. Because um, tomorrow when this airs, it'll be the 22nd. Yeah. Um, previous guest Lance Civic is going to be sharing his story testimony the new canaan society which is um from seven to eight at napa on providence here in charlotte north carolina and then i'll be sharing my story testimony next week which will be february 29th 7 to 8 a.m napa on providence um so i know lance's is last minute but i've mentioned mine before so if any males want to come and hear me speak um, would love to have y'all new Canaan society, Napa on Providence. Um, so Casey, um, just give us listeners a little update, uh, cause you're back in the QC. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have to go into too much detail, but what's been going on with you? Yeah. I mean, so I went out to, we did, I think we did an episode before I left. Yeah. I think we did an episode before you left and I think we did one on zoom I yeah believe. when i was out one there. or two i know one for sure yeah so uh, yeah so i went out there for the job i also had family and stuff out there and um you know i'm really happy that i took the risk to go out there um but ultimately it was just you know, too far away from my son um who's you know he lives in north carolina and and everything um yeah, it was just, it was a really hard time mental health wise. Like, you know, things were good, but, um, it's just hard being away, you know, being a father and like, you know, I think I have a, um, 
you know, I love my son and I, and He's a special it was hard, boy. like realizing, like going through, I had him, when I went out there, I had Brando, um, like kind of right away, like he came out and we had a good time. And For then what, three? Because I think you flew out there mm-hmm. and then flew back, what, a week, maybe two weeks after you had gotten out there and then had him for three weeks, I think. Yeah, basically. So but it, was, it was a very quick turnaround before you came in. But it was the logistics of getting him out there was a lot too. Yeah, I, I mean – that really didn't bother me as much. I mean, obviously financial is like, holy crap. That's yeah. Um, but I mean, really it was just the stretch of time. I was like, I'm not with him. And he's at such a young age where it's like pivotal um, point kind of, yeah. Pivotal point. I want to be in his life and be there for that and have a, a shape on his life. And just that stretch from beginning of August to, um, December, you know, I was doing fine. And then, um, it just started getting worse and just kind of just getting depressed and, you know, lonely. I mean, I had a great church that was out there and my family was out there, but I think it was just really, um, just not being with him was just, just kind of like, why did I not, there was some regrets and things that, that crept up, like, you know, why did I do this and all of that, but further away from making the decision to move back, you know, I'm definitely happy I did it. Um, for that time, that season, that way, you know, I don't have a regret of not knowing. It's like, ah, oh, what if I did go out there and what happened with the job and that type of thing? Um, you know, I'm the type of person where um, I think that would eat at me and could cause problems where it's like, you know, making a risks, risks somewhere else um, that I don't need to or, or whatever. So I'm happy that I did that, but um, I'm definitely happy that I'm back and close to my son and kind of have that schedule again and can kind of just accept um you know this is this is what I want my my life to be I want to be here and I want to you know grow my roots here and make it work so but yeah I mean it was definitely humbling um I mean because essentially I mean it is a you know you the negative thoughts and you know also the reality is it is a fail you know kind of a fail a bust whatever you want to call it going out there and you have to kind of admit it to yourself um you know like this didn't work out this isn't what I, you know in my head i i wanted to be or what i told other people I, you know it was going to be or whatever and so it's like it's definitely humbling um i think me and you both know a lot about that <laughs> you know yes. yeah, we get humbled um but you know, things have been good since I've decided to come back. Got a chance to be in Ohio for a little bit. I hadn't been back there yeah, for five years. It was good. I mean, it was in a lot of ways, it was weird. Like, I never left. Um, and what part of Ohio for listeners? Columbus. So, if you got any uh, listeners in Columbus, Ohio, mm-hmm. uh, Casey is from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, spread the word to all the Ohioans, or how do you say it? Ohioans. Ohioans. Okay, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm from, you know, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so how was that being back and with the family dynamics? Um, I mean, we've talked off air, you know, reconnecting since you've gotten back, and you said it was really positive and great. Um, yeah, it was great. Um, it was good getting to spend that quality time with my dad. Um, and I was there, you know, over Christmas, and Brando came up. Um, for his Christmas break. So got to have Christmas up there and did a bunch of cool, fun stuff. So it was good having that time. Um, definitely glad to be out of there though. I was starting in Ohio. I mean, that's why a lot of us leave to come down here is because like right now the winter, like it's just gray and cold. It was a little bit nicer. I mean, there's some warm weather. Um, but I mean, there was about a month where it was just straight, like really cold and gray. And and that's, um, it's not necessarily seasonal depression. Um, I mean, it definitely is. I mean, there depression. is. Well, yeah. Um, cause I was talking with a therapist once and they're like, there isn't really a seasonal depression. I forgot what the terminology is, but essentially it's seasonal depression. It was like, yeah. Seasonal affective uh, disorder or something like that. Yeah. But I mean, it, I, I mean, especially when it started getting dark around five o'clock, four thirty. I don't remember how early of darkness we see, or did see, but I remember a lot, especially in college, and then um, even when we lived together, it um, it was tough. You know, now I work on the weekends, um, so my schedule during the week is a lot different. 
Um, so I'm not having that anxiety about, oh, I don't get to do this or whatever it may be going on in my head. Um, I figured out the routine I need. Um, and I've figured out a lot of coping mechanisms and stuff, but that I remember those dark when North Carolina used to get a lot of ice storms, cold and the winter, that grayness would really kind of seep in and yeah, it can eat, eat, eat away at you. Yep. And there's the rider strikes. There weren't any good new shows coming out. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's the doldrums. It is. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that, um, you were able to, um, spend that time with your dad and um, family up there. I know that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as you mentioned, you said it was humbling to um, in regrets maybe, but I think you said this earlier today or yesterday, you're glad that you tried it because now you can't play the, well, what if I had gone to Arizona to live? What, you know, now you know and you tried it and yeah, it wasn't ne- God, part of God's plan, you know, it's to be here or at least at this t- moment in time. Yeah. I mean, it's checked off the list for sure. You know, it's not like, oh, this is something I might try, you know, if the stars align or, or whatever, you know. I've, I lived in Las Vegas for a little bit too, so I was, I've been out west before. So I guess just the west is not for me. No, but at least you were able to be near, you know, um, your family in Arizona, which. Yeah, that was great. I mean, when's the last time you lived near, like, your brother and, you know, family? Um, 2020. So they moved out right before, um, moved out to arizona right before covid hit from I was, ohio yeah i was like yeah. literally I, we moved them out drove across the country and i was like literally the last flight before they like grounded the flights for whatever that was COVID. yeah for covid like right before yeah it, it, was, it went yeah. nuts or the, it was like official um so that was the last time um yeah i think that was the last time i was out i might have went out there once to visit them and then but i meant I didn't like see living in the same city yeah since area. 2020 yeah um, but I think, you know, going back to last year before you moved out, um, cause you had gone flown out there. I don't remember. Was it May or maybe I mm. can't remember exactly what month. And we went and ate at penguin penguin, their new location. That's on the East Boulevard. Um, great burgers, by the way. Um, and I had a feeling that you were going to say, I think I need to move out there. And I didn't want you to, but I knew that would be best. And so I'm glad you did and tried it um, because you never would will know if you hadn't gone out there. And um, I think you learned a lot while you're out there for the eight months, however long it was. Um, yeah. But it was tough, you know, for me on editing and different <laughs> stuff. But I've learned a lot on this. Hey, you're, ex- you're expanding your horizons, man. Yeah, gonna... I've been I've been able. I mean, he, you helped a lot with the last what two months month and a half may i can't remember exactly i've yeah um done or maybe even just like a month not even but i've done some editing i've done editing which is very minimal because our podcast is very raw and there's not much editing except from when we hit start and stop and mm-hmm. the little 10 second gap maybe on both ends or if we have a guest that says hey can you take that out i don't want to have that in there luckily that has not happened when i've had to edit um so i haven't had to do that <laughs> but now i'm back so i can help It'll exactly be you're back and we're in the same location so um and no I think, phone calls no speakerphone consultations trying to figure it out and uh yeah and then playing phone tag with each other yeah. and um i think we want to try and you know expand the podcast more um you know, maybe try and reach more people and maybe do more videos. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, we've we've kept up with the consistency. You know, I think Thanksgiving, Christmas time, there, you know, there was a little bit of um, some gaps. And that was on my part. I would just guest and different stuff and the holidays. But, um, yeah, just trying to reach more people. Because I think anyone can um, utilize this podcast, um, whether it's they tune in every episode or they tune in to episodes here and there, but just hearing someone's story, um, 
allows you to be like, hey, I'm not the only one out here that's struggling to get by each day. Mm. And some sometimes you you can't go one day at a time. You got to go one minute, one hour, one second at a time. Um, you know, because life's hard. It's mm. not easy. Um, and I think sometimes when the times are going good, you forget that people are struggling or that you sh- have struggled once before. Um, at least for me, I know sometimes I kind of I'm like, oh, I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. Or I forgot how that felt. And then when times get tough, you're like, oh, gosh. So you kind of got to stay grounded and rooted. Um, mm-hmm. So when times do get tough, you have that support around you, you know, coping skills and kind of what to do so you don't fall back into old habits, which can very easily happen if you um, kind of take those blinders off. Yeah, for sure. Um, so something that came out in the news yesterday, it um, went live yesterday, I think at noon, but it is, um, so there's a statewide and that's here in North Carolina for listeners. Um, other cities have this, I'm not, or excuse me, states have this. I'm not sure which all states, but, um, yesterday, which for today's Wednesday, we're recording. So it'll be two days when this airs, but on Tuesday, um, we had a statewide peer support line launching for anyone bit, battling mental health and substance abuse. So if you're listening and um, maybe not suicidal, but you're dealing with anxiety, depression, or um, having you know substance abuse issues, whether it's drinking drugs and you're wanting to pick up, there is a peer support hotline now. Um, and... The number to that is gonna be. Give me a second while I look. It's one eight five five peers. That's P E E R S North Carolina. So that phone number is eight five five seven three three seven seven six two. Or by choosing the option when calling nine eight eight, which is the suicide hotline, you can. Dial 988, and then there'll be an option for peer support, um, which I think is pretty cool um, that we have something besides just a suicide hotline because people struggling um, with anxiety, they're having a panic or whatever. Maybe you can call someone, and a peer support is someone who um, has taken some tests, some classes, and if they've passed an exam, but it's a peer who has gone through substance abuse or mental health and they can relate and empathize with you because they know what you're going through. Mm -hmm. Do you think they, um, it's all first, it's awesome that they have that, but do you think because, uh, the sports gambling and all that's coming and like the, usually you starts, hear the ads like, you know, if you're in Kansas and need gambling help, you know, call, you know, 1-800, whatever that, that gambling. starts what March 7th or, yeah. Well, it's it's cool. So if it is because of that, that it's it's bigger than just gambling help. It'd be cool if it's more just. A, I mean, because if you're struggling with gambling, there's definitely something else going on mental health wise that's drawing you to that. Yeah, because it's so if it's more um, general, or you can access more resources than just the gambling specific things. Is it in this article? And it's on WBTV. Um, so if you just type in uh, peer support line, North Carolina, you should be able to find the link. But here it says uh, the peer warm line will work in tandem with the 988 suicide and crisis lifeline. The state said its call volume from February 2023 to January 2024 was more than 97,000 with nearly half of calls coming from repeat callers. Mm. Um, So, I mean, that's a lot. I don't know in previous years what the suicide hotline has been, but not every call is going to be a suicide ideation or, you know, in the midst of an attempt. You know, people, like, have substance abuse issues. They're having an anxiety attack, need someone to talk them kind of off that ledge um, and help them calm down. But yeah. going to your gambling, um, I know I've mentioned it in the past. I don't know how much in-depth I've talked about, um, but I mean, so I, the drug addiction is known on the podcast. Um, 
for me. I mean, that's where my wake up call happened when I overdosed and died and was on life support. But, uh, my gambling, I had a huge gambling addiction. Um, I mean, Casey wasn't living with me when, um, I was in my gambling addiction. Um, but it started in, give me a second while I think it was, uh, 2018 I believe my gambling addiction started and was it was it that you you hadn't gambled before or did you get access to like was it the world got opened up to you and that's kind of how it got you hooked um so I not meaning to interrupt I, I was gambled, just curious no no that's a good question so I had gambled um for fun like no money, like with family friends, like at the beach when we were kids, we would play blackjack and mm-hmm. like family friends and the dads would be the, um, the dealers and us kids would, you know, play. So I really fell in love with blackjack. Um, and we went on a cruise as a family. Um, it was a Christmas cruise, the whole family. Um, and, that is a story, um, <laughs> and I can I'll share that in here in a little bit afterwards if y'all want. That just kind of triggered my memory. I don't Speaking think, of of expanding the podcast, we're gonna have some good clips here if we want to clip it out. We will. <laughs> um, so, um, but on that cruise, I, um, you know, was a lot of heavy drinking, um, and. I do remember I did go into the casino on the cruise and gambled, but I did not last long before I got thrown out because of how intoxicated I was and calling the dealer and the table cheaters, and it was not. So other than those two times, I hadn't gambled. Um, Someone um, had a bookie and said, and it was – App was playing. I forgot who we were playing. I think UNC Charlotte, honestly, that day. This was 2018, and they're like, "Do you want to put some money down?" I was like, "Yeah, I'll put ten dollars down." And I didn't really know what gambling was, like sports betting and stuff. And um, then when I saw App was winning, he was like, "We can put, you know, other stuff down." And I was like, "What's the line?" He told me, and I was like, "I'll put a hundred dollars down." So it really, I got hooked in, and um, and then I got access to that bookie, and um, and I started off with small bets, you know, but then like the risk reward really didn't get, I didn't get excited. Like if I put ten dollars down, I'm getting maybe a six dollar return, mm-hmm. or if I took the risk, you know, on a plus team. I might and pay put ten down. I might get twelve or so. I don't know. It just mm-hmm. depends on what the payout was. Um, so then I started putting a lot more money down. You know, maybe fifty dollars, and then hundred dollars, and then it just kind of increased. And sports betting. I mean, while I was addicted, I didn't do bad. But then my bookie had a casino on his. Um, page and for any of those who don't really know about betting when you have a bookie you're betting on credit so you don't put the money up front you pay out on monday or you receive payment on monday Hmm. so you're essentially gambling with credit i mean credit card like it's not your money um and um whereas if you would go online and use like sports betting or whatever those yeah, websites, like FanDuel, you got FanDuel, a deposit. like you put down the ten dollars or the hundred dollars or the thousand dollars and then if you win you get that thousand dollars back yeah. plus your winnings or if you lose then you lost a thousand you don't get you know yeah so that's the difference okay um just for those who don't know about betting um and if you have an addictive personality do not go bet <laughs> this is just me warning you um but so I found out the bookie had the casino aspect and blackjack was my game. As I just mentioned, like at a young age, I'd play blackjack for fun, like with quarters, different stuff. And I'd already been doing sports betting and doing well. 
So then I was like, well, I'm going to play blackjack. And I started off, you know, lower bets. And then um, I think the max I could do on this, the blackjack was $100 hands. So I would put $100 down each hand, and then I could split, and that would be 200 at max, you know. And, I mean, I could go up several thousand quick, like in 30 seconds. But then, I mean, I could lose that real mm-hmm. quick, and then I'm crawling my way out of the hole the rest of the week. And sometimes I might, you know, it might be real bad. Other times it might be great. But anybody who plays blackjack knows you got to know when to quit. Yeah, I didn't know when to quit because if I had won that much money, why couldn't I double that, triple that? And, you yeah. know, I didn't know when to quit. If I had knew when to quit and didn't have that addictive personality, that problem, I would have made a lot of money. But because I didn't know when to quit and couldn't quit, I was, um, you know, paying rent with credit cards. I was opening up credit cards. I was asking people for money so I could pay bills, but my bills were going to the bookie, different stuff. Like I was maxing out credit cards to pay my bookie. Hmm. Um, And my anxiety got really bad. My depression got real bad. Um, But I remember like I was in rehab 2019 at Hopeway um, and I snuck an iPad in and would bet on there but before i snuck that in i was using people's phones to make bets Mm. um and um throughout the rehabs i was at i was betting um but i was doing more casino betting um and i remember when i was in memphis in the halfway house that's when it got real bad like all the time i was betting um Mm. even prior um, to going, leaving Charlotte and going to Oxford and, um, then Memphis and, um, like I would wake up in the middle of the night to go take a leak and I would sit on the toilet and play blackjack until my ass fell asleep. No lie. Then I would get up, go get in bed, play blackjack until I fell asleep. Mm-hmm. First thing I would do when I woke up, I'd play blackjack get to work play black like i was playing blackjack all the time like i just could not quit like yeah. the the high was there when but, it's so the games are so quick well you can see how you could easily i mean it's just and i'm putting it's just like mobile down. games you're like yeah and you're like oh i could win i could double but, like you're but seeing then the money i'm go down quick. thousands and thousands of dollars and i'm like holy cow i got rent in three days i got like what am i gonna do yeah so then you're that anxiety kicks in and you're frantically like i mean i was selling pills and stuff to like make money like my adderall and i could make you know a lot of money selling adderall um Mm. and i had figured out where i could still have my adderall and get more adderall it's like i was using the system as i knew how um and but i remember in memphis um and i wasn't down that much but it was a monday i think yeah, and I was down, I think, maybe $1,400. So it really, in grand scheme of thing, for the amount of money I won and lost from this, that wasn't that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I'd even gone to a Gamblers Anonymous meeting in Memphis, and I didn't connect with anyone. It was all a lot of older people. It just wasn't my crowd, so I only went once. But I told my bookie, I said, hey, change my password and don't let me know. And when I said that, I thought he would change it after the week. You know, come Sunday at midnight, come Monday morning, I, he wouldn't tell me my password. Well, he did it that day, right mm-hmm. when I told him. I'm down $1,400. Mm-hmm. I got, I'm in um, a halfway house, struggling mentally, you know, with anxiety, depression, drug addiction, which I had still hadn't admitted at this point. Um, I was doing, I don't know if people listening know what whippets are, um, but where you're essentially, you're inhaling nitrous ox oxygen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, because in rehabs, I knew that wouldn't show up on a drug test. So I would do about a hundred canisters a night. Damn. Um, like I would just sit in my car and just 
one after the other. I would just ride the wave, essentially, is what it's, you know, to where you, you do it till you black out. But it's basically shutting off the oxygen to your brain. Um, mm. So I could, it's a very quick high, but that was the only high that I could get without failing a drug test, but still get the that dopamine or whatever I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also the gambling. But so he shut off, turn, changed my password. I couldn't get in. I'm down $1,400. And I had a lot of anger issues because I hadn't dealt with trauma stuff. I was upset. So I didn't pay him for, um, that was June, June, July, I think. And I didn't pay him all the way until October. And if anyone knows about a bookie, it's not smart to not necessarily pay your bookie, Mm -hmm. but I did not care. I told him where I was. Like I let him know, Hey, I'm not paying you because I was, was, to me, it was the principle of the thing. Looking back now, I mean, I put myself in that predicament. I, um, you know, had a very bad gambling, um, addiction on top of drug addiction battling mental health a lot of issues going on Mm -hmm. um but i remember i was in um chattanooga at renew ministries the program and i was in the graduate phase um which i fast forward a lot of that program um, and i can talk about that at another point but was driving down the mountain because i was working for huck and peck furniture company um, because in the graduate phase you had to get a job and I was, we would deliver furniture, houses would be staged and we'd pack it up. So we were coming down the mountain and I randomly just paid my bookie. I sent him a Venmo for $1,400. <laughs> um, and there's a lot more to why I didn't pay him. Um, and he never came after me and $1,400 really isn't that much. Um, but yeah, I don't know. If, I can't, I don't think I've ever gone much into my gambling addiction. I know I've mentioned it, but yeah, that was a pretty big hole for me. And my family hated going to the Panthers games with me. We had season tickets. I mean, we still do. And I would be blackout drunk at the Panthers games, just betting ridiculous amounts of money. And I would be just like, I would be so uptight. I would be screaming. I would be, it wasn't fun for the family to go around. Um, and my mom will be listening to this and probably have PTSD from those games. Um, but it was real. It was bad. Um, and looking back now, I can realize why people did not want to be around me at sporting events. Um, or especially when I was drinking and betting and, um, cause my drinking, uh, I didn't know when to stop. Um, you know, um, it was bad, but adding that other addiction on top of the other addictions I had was just a disaster. So I don't, to answer your question, I don't know if that uh, peer support hotline, but I would imagine that will definitely be getting some calls because it causes a lot of anxiety, um, can lead someone into a battle with depression because um, it did for me. Because, I mean, I was didn't know where money was going to come from and how I was going to pay bills to live. Well, yeah. And you just don't know how stuff's going to affect you. And as soon as, I mean, like same thing with marijuana being legalized with different stuff, it's just, you know, on the whole, the, you know, it's probably like the 80, 80, 20 rule. It may be, you know, 90, 10 rule where it's like, you know, 90, 80% of the people aren't going to have an issue with it. Um, but it's that 10, 20% where you know you might not expect or it blindsides you but you know it gets you and opens up the door for even more stuff or that becomes the thing and so it's something just to be aware of especially you know with it being legalized yeah um, i mean because part of the gambling and here in charlotte was so much i mean there's you know a lot of people our age and younger that are, you know have you know good jobs and stuff and disposable income and they could get some people into some holes if they're yeah i mean that out. even led to one of my suicide um attempts um two of them i mean there was other stuff but gambling added to that anxiety depression for mm-hmm. two of the suicide um attempts plans that i had um so um if you have an addictive personality or should i bet gamble when it comes legal i think 
March 7th or 14th. I'm not sure the exact day, but it starts at noon, I know. Um, be careful. Because uh, I opened up a can of worms that, uh, looking back now, I definitely should not have opened up. And there was a lot of times where I wish I could have closed it, but I just couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that was tough. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if I'd ever gone into detail about my gambling addiction. I don't think I had. I know I've mentioned it. Um, but, yeah, so that hotline, uh, the peer support hotline is now open. Um, it's been open for uh, two days now. And, again, that number is 855-733-7762. Um, or... Um, I know those are a lot of numbers, but it's one eight five five peers with the S North Carolina, or you can just call the suicide hotline nine eight eight, and there'll be an option for peer support, um, which I think is just cool that uh, we now have that, um, so you can talk to someone who's been where you are currently at when you call in. Um, so that's cool. Yeah. Um. Well, we went down the rabbit hole there. We did. We did. <laughs> we talked about peer support and then my gambling addiction. Um, but it's good to sit down with you for a little bit and kind of just an update on what um, it's been going on with you. You started a new job um, mm-hmm. two days ago. I did. And uh, it seems to be going well. You're excited. A lot of opportunities there. Yeah. Um, it's always cool starting a new job. It's like, you know, going to a new school for yeah. a start. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, you hadn't been in the uh, new little studio. I like it. Um, yeah. So it's cool that... Uh, kind of missed the wood paneling, but it's fine. That that was cool, that wood paneling on that. Uh, that was the only part of the house that I really liked. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that was probably the coolest room out of all of it. Yeah, and I mean, there's just a lot of cockroaches in that house, and it was. Yeah. But in that bamboo, if anyone's over on a Walker Road, and you come to that three-way stop, Walker Road, and um, crap, what's it called? Mickleway. Uh, McElway. McElway, yeah. Right at that three-way stop, if you ever come to it, the um house with about a it's a one-story house right at the three-way stop little small gravel driveway bamboo everywhere that's the house we used to live in (laughs) um 4107 walker road Road. yeah 4107 walker road that's where we used to live since we don't live there now we can give you (laughs) um that's where we used to live um but it was um i never lived in a house i've always been in apartments um Mm. Love apartments, but um, yeah, it's good to have you back. Um, um, but I'm glad you went to Arizona. I feel like you needed to, um, mm-hmm. and um, now you know you need to be here, which I think is best. Yeah. Um, Next to go to Florida or something crazy. Oh um, boy, I've been to. I went to Florida for my last treatment program, uh, Honey Lake. Um, so, <laughs> but. Um, more humidity. Maybe I need more humidity, not dry desert. Arizona is dry, yes. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, since you're not really a guest, but I'm going to treat you as a guest, what advice do you have for the listeners? Mm. I mean, it's counterintuitive to kind of, you know, I've definitely failed, but don't be afraid to fail or take a risk and um and change your life to try something that's you know eating at you um don't be afraid to do it and even if you do fail i mean really i mean the biggest thing the highlights out of all of it is most of it is just a mental battle there i mean who cares what people think and even if they do think something like what is that affecting you um you know your failures um what you want to try what you do try um, you know, that's all up to you. And, you know, it's you know, like the whole thing, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, you know, your life's in, in, in your hands and the way you frame it, um, is up to you. And a lot of the things that you think are important or, um, the anxiety that you feel about certain things or how people are going to react, it, 
doesn't truly affect you or change anything about what like you're about what you're doing you know like right now you're breathing you, you know if you can breathe you can go get food you know you have a place to sleep you know the external stuff really isn't affecting that it's just the mental battle inside and the more you know and this is what i'm trying to the more you can you know let go of that and just kind of release that and give it to god um the freer you'll you'll feel um and it's a little bit kind of it's funny not to, to keep things going or keep 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 it long but kind of the last time you know when we reconnected and things it was just crazy i mean i was in that same it was a lot worse <laughs> like you know a lot a lot more life changes and things going on but i was really in a place where it's like i just had to let go and just trust in god and it was crazy how just things fell into place exactly you know the way they needed to whether it seemed like that in the time or not you know he provided and you know received a lot of grace and it was you know amazing and definitely humbling and the same thing um you know happened you know happened here with this transition you know i had to let a lot of things go and just trust god and it's all you know working out and like even in the moment where you're like you have that anxiety for that hour you're like you know what am i gonna do it's like there's nothing you can do about it right now you have to just accept where you're at and things will work out either way you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's going to be okay either way you're going to wake up you know you know hopefully you know and if you don't you don't but you know another day to live and things will go the way they're supposed to yeah um because for me before we end i used to worry about everything and a lot of the things i would worry about were things that were out of my control so why am i worrying about things that i can't control the outcome of you know, like I need to focus on the things that I can control. The things that I can't control might not even happen the way I perceive it in my head. Yeah. And I still do that, you mm -hmm. know, but I don't like I used to, you know, I don't fixate on those things. Mm -hmm. Whereas I used to fixate and try and control that narrative when I couldn't. Yeah. Well, and there's even like it's important to plan or at least be prepared and be like, this is what I'm going to do today. And I have a routine, Correct. And, but like the planning that you do in your head, like, okay, well, I'm going to do, how am I going to handle this? And then I can do this, but it's like, there's nothing you can do about, there's no plans in your head that you can make that's going to be able to fix that situation or, or protect the future, or, you know? And it's it, probably <laughs> not even the outcome isn't the way that, you perceived it in your head. Cause for me, I always perceived the worst outcome. Hmm. And so that's why I would get so much anxiety that it was going to happen that way. And nine out of 10 times it didn't happen that way. It went perfect or what, you know, I don't know a specific example, but I would just yeah. always worry and have anxiety on things that I couldn't control and that it was going to be the worst outcome. Yeah. Well, I think I was, uh, I've been doing a, like a lot of reading of in, in Romans and stuff. And like, there's a big, I mean, all of the, the apostles and says like, you know, live by the spirit and like, you know, Jesus even says, you know, let tomorrow, you know, there's enough to worry about today. Don't worry about tomorrow's troubles. And it, it really is that like, it's like that mindset of, you know, if, if you can trust, trust God and put your belief in things are going to work out the way they're supposed to. And you can't, you, you can't worry about tomorrow. You, you really can't. There's nothing that you can do worrying about it or even thinking about planning um, on how you're going to handle stuff until you're, you're in that moment. And it's really freeing to just kind of let that stuff go and try to live by the spirit and pray and, you know, do, do all you can really and surround yourself your around positive people. Yeah, exactly. Cause I mean, I thought I was invincible and, um, I wasn't going to die, even though we all die at some point. And then I got the harsh wake up call that I needed of overdosing, dying, and thankfully waking up off life support um, because you just don't know when your time is. I mean, you could wake up and have a, you know, brain aneurysm or go to bed and that can happen when you're sleeping, um, you know. And we just got sad news. I didn't know the individual, but. Um, one of the co-owners of Wooden Robot um, on Tuesday um, was fixing some lighting, skylighting, I think, and fell and died. I mean, he didn't 
get mm-hmm. hit by a car. He didn't get shot. He didn't um, die by suicide. You know, he literally or an expected disease. You know, or anything like that. that. Yeah, or leukemia or whatever it may be. He literally went to work. Something he does every day. I would assume it's a passion since he's an owner of a you know brewery, and he fell off a ladder. I'm assuming and died. You know, mm-hmm. his family didn't expect to get that call, receive that news. So you just honestly do not know when your time is coming. So that's just a reminder for um, people listening. Um, you know, let the people that you love know you love them. Forgive quickly um, and just don't hold on to things. I mean, that's something I'm still working on, you know, because mm-hmm. um, I've been stressed lately. And, um, you know, with some of my responses, I've been harsh um, you know, Millie, um, our dogs having, um, ACL surgery tomorrow. And when we had the family talk, do we put her down or have the surgery? Um, you know, my responses were kind of harsh because that was something stressful. I didn't really want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to have to think of her dying cause she's been there for me a lot of my, um, dark days and, even though we couldn't talk to each other, she was there to comfort me and I could cuddle her and that, you know, that she means a lot to me. Um, and then in other relationships, um, just some stress and, you know, just my, some of my responses, um, have been harsh. Even body language is kind of turn away kind of. Um, mm-hmm. so that's just a reminder that, um, especially for me, but just for everyone, let those that you know you love and are there for you that you love them you care for them and just forgive easily and uh you know you got to enjoy life with those that um care for you exactly well um i love y'all thank y'all for tuning in this week um with uh, life updates two with casey um and episode 91 again um so let us know what y'all want us to do for episode 100 um need some ideas comments thoughts uh because i'm not a um a creative i don't have that really creative personality so i don't know what um you know would be fun to do for episode 100 um, or if we just keep it normal and have a guest on um so let us know what y'all think we should do for episode 100 love y'all um uh, please go subscribe follow on whatever platform you listen to uh, share it with friends family co-workers because um, we all have a story we all have struggles and the good news is that none of us are alone in our struggles um and if you want to send an email the rabbit hole show 21 at gmail.com we got an instagram page um, the rabbit hole show all underscores um, but feel free to um, send any messages would love to connect um, grab coffee lunch with anybody and thank y'all and stay tuned for next week's episode <laughs>